Well, good evening, everyone. And some of you came back. Wow, wonderful. I'm always, always excited. Someone comes here with me and uh, comes the next night. Praise the Lord. And, uh, you know, and also I see some newer faces tonight. Let me ask you this. How many were not here last night? Wow, I would say uh, maybe 20, 30% of you, praise the Lord. Well, welcome. Well, we believe in redemption, you know, and so tonight is your redeeming night. And so we want to encourage you, and you probably already did listen to the meetings last night, because we're going to build on each night. We go from glory to glory. And so we're just so honored and thrilled to, to have you all with us. We welcome all those uh, watching via live stream and believe God with us for the plan purpose of God for the service. Again, pastors, thank you so much for promoting these meetings and showing up ministers, a ministry of helps, and of course, everyone that uh, love God enough to come. You know, the Bible says this, they that honor me, I will honor. And I truly believe that God will honor you. How will he honor you? Well, by uh, ministering to you, whatever you need, you know, b breakthrough, uh, light, revelation, healing, whatever you need. And uh, something that I believe that's going to happen, we may mention this last night, that uh, these meetings will be a reset for many of us. And, um, you know, I said before, if you would use that term 50, 60 years ago, we may not understand it. Most of us have, but most of us have a phone and a gadget. And from time to time, they just don't work right. You know, it's slow, unresponsive. Have you ever been that way in prayer and seeking God, reading your Bible? You look at your Bible and says, oh, you know, I got to read this. And, and you're trying to be a good spiritual Christian and it just doesn't uh, breathe life to you or maybe in your prayer life or maybe your love walk. And, uh, you know, you're just not, like we, we say, um, you know, hidden on all four cylinders, so to speak. It's just, you're, you know, things just aren't working right. Well, we know this in the gadgets. They tell you every so often that you must reset it. Start, you shut it off and restart it, reboot it. And that way it goes to default settings and things work a lot better. And I truly believe that things are going to be a lot better because you came here spiritually, naturally, financially, whatever you need. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for honoring God. And uh, why don't we jump right in? Uh, we have some scriptures we're going to cover. And last night we only covered one verse. And I think we got about 12 verses we need to cover this week. So let, let's just hit the ground running. My timer should be already kicked on. Thank you up there. Uh, I always use as a launching pad for these type of meetings. Revelation 2.29. Where it says this. He that has an ear to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. And that's a, a good starting uh, scripture because that's what we're doing here. We've taken time to hear from heaven. And uh, uh, these verses tell us that the Spirit of God is speaking. Of course, He's speaking to the universal church. And we see in the book of Revelation, He has a message to each individual church and so Jesus recognizes the universal church but also individual churches but also we all are the temple of God we know that we can be led by the spirit of God that the spirit of God will speak to us and guide us that's his ministry uh, John 16 13 that he will guide us into all truth and so uh, from here we learn something that really we don't need to ask God to speak to us it's here it says God is speaking. It's our job to be listening 
and to hear what he's saying. I know we live in a more modern age, but growing up, we used to have, and it used to be real big, was radios. I, I know there's still radios, but uh, we do a lot of stuff online now. But, uh, you know, we used to have a radio in the car and uh, a radio at home. And uh, there's airwaves, just uh, there's messages going on in the airwaves. Our local radio station is WDOE. You know, and WDOE, I believe, right now is, is playing music playing something right now but many of us can't hear it but what do we have to do we have to what tune into it take our transistor tra uh, transistor and uh, tune into that in order to get the message and, you know it's the same thing with the spirit of God you know it's not a matter of, hey God I, I need you to direct me I need you to guide me the Bible says he will instruct you and teach you the way you should go but here it says he that has ears to hear let him hear let hear what the spirit is saying to us and so that's what we're doing we've taken time out of our busy schedules I've taken time to pray and seek God for these meetings you've taken time off uh, you could have done many things tonight you could be mowing your grass tonight you can be having dinner with your in-laws you could have been doing a whole lot of things but you've chosen to come here to hear and so let's just get all that God has for us and so turn with me tonight to the book of Luke chapter 9 Luke chapter 9. We started here last night. Since we have newer people with us, we'll do a little review and that way they can hook up with us and we can go on, go a little further. And so Luke chapter 9 in verse, we're going to start with verse 27. And these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment became white and glistening. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spake of his decease that he should accomplish in Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Why he thus spake, there came a cloud and overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days of those things which they had seen. And for those of you that weren't here last night, I'll just again do a little review. The reason I chosen uh, these portion of scriptures because I believe in these verses contain a lot of what I believe the Spirit of God wants to say to us in these meetings. I've been, you know, seeking the Lord for some time, and there's things that would rise up in my spirit. And, uh, you know, of course, you always want chapter and verse for everything. And I just kept being drawn 
to this portion of scripture and as I begin to feed on it and meditate on it and to just go over it, uh, the Holy Ghost gave me light and direction for every verse and I just saw how beautifully that everything that was kind of rolling in my heart can be uh, communicated in these verses. And so we're, we're going to take them uh, verse by verse. Like I said last night, we only got to verse one and uh, we need to cover ground, but we want to get exactly what the Holy Ghost wants. And man, if he wants to, you know, just kind of keep us stuck at verse one tonight as well, we'll just stay at verse one until we get all that he has for us. And so let's go ahead and read verse 27, which I call verse 1, the first verse. But I tell you the truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. And so we looked at this verse and we saw that this verse was a prophecy. It was a word of wisdom of something that was coming. And Jesus was communicating to the disciples, hey, there is something coming. Uh, Jesus saw in the spiritual realm, he saw it was going to come to pass over the rising of time. And he began to proclaim what he saw in the spirit. Not only did he proclaim what he saw in the spirit, he said, some of you are going to experience what I saw. And so... I use this scripture to begin to talk about things that are coming to us, things that are coming uh, down the horizon of time that many of us will experience, many of us will walk into, and, and God wants us to be ready for these things. And of course, we started off in a general sense talking about the coming of the Lord. We do see a correlation. We see that Jesus was transfigured. He was changed. He, he took on a glorious state. And we know the Bible is very clear when the Lord comes that we will be changed in a twinkling of an eye. And uh, I truly believe that uh, many of us are going to see the coming Lord. And I made mention part of my ministry is to talk about the coming Lord. I made mention ever since I was born, I knew two things. Number one, I was called to the ministry. And number two, that I would be alive and ministering at the coming of the Lord. Well, the first part has come to pass. I'm in the ministry today, and I truly believe that I will be alive. Now, you can mark my words. You just got to stick around. You just got to stick around, not die early to see this come to pass, that I will be alive when Jesus comes. And you know this, there's always those hecklers say, yeah, they've been saying it every generation, every generation. We'll read the book of Peter that God has a message for people just like you. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, and uh, the, the Bible says God is not slack concerning his promise, the promise of a coming, but is what? Long suffering towards us. You know, we're waiting, God, why didn't you come? Why didn't you come? Why didn't you send Jesus? He says, I'm waiting on you guys. I'm waiting on you to get the job done. When you get the job done, then I can come. And so part of my ministry is to talk about the coming Lord because it is coming. It is the blessed hope of the church. We should be ever mindful. Uh, really, every day we should be conscious of the Lord's return. And, uh, you know, that one day we're going to stand before him and give account of our works on the earth. And if we are more conscious of the Lord's return, that he's coming, that every day we would be busy in the vineyard. Every day, you know, doing good works. Every day preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord. And so that is coming. And it is the blessed hope of the church. But 
another thing that is coming and something that must take place before the coming of the Lord is the end time move of God. And so if you have your Bibles, just real quick, and if you can't turn there real quick, just listen really good. James chapter 5 and verse 7, it says this, Be patient, therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruits of the earth and hath long patience for it till he receive the early and latter rain. So also be patient, establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Of course, here James is talking about the coming Lord. And again, we see the Lord is waiting. You know, we're waiting for him. Actually, the Lord is waiting for something. What is he waiting for? The precious fruits of the earth. He's waiting for the great harvest. And we know the precious fruits of the earth is people. And he wants his house to be filled. And so he is waiting that way more people will come into the kingdom of God. But uh, here... right along with what's keeping him from coming, we see that what is going to cause the great harvest of people to come in. It says this, he waits for the precious fruits of the earth and hath long patience for it till he received the early and latter rain. And so we understand that uh, in more biblical times, they didn't have so much the irrigation systems as we do. They depended on the rain, the early rain for the planting, the latter rain for the harvest. And here, uh, the Word of God is saying for the harvest to come in, there's got to be rain. And we understand Zechariah 10.1, rain is a spiritual outpouring or a move of God or revival, whatever you want to call it. It's when God shows up in earth in a mighty way and just really demonstrates his goodness and his power and his glory. And when that rain falls, all the seeds that we've sown will harvest and that will cause people to come into the kingdom of God. So the Lord is waiting for the precious fruits of the earth. He's waiting for people to come in the kingdom. But in order for the, the fullness of people to come in the kingdom, there must be an end time move of God. And so that is coming as well. And uh, we've heard it. You know, the Bible proclaimed it. We know in Acts chapter 2, Joel's prophecy that this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. And we know part of that fulfillment was in the day of Pentecost. But that is for the church age. And it goes on and says before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. And so it talks about outpouring. And the culmination of that outpouring will happen at the coming of the Lord. So we see this theme in the Bible, the Lord wants the harvest to come, but in order for the harvest to come, there's got to be an outpouring, and Joel chapter 2 talks about signs, miracles, wonders that will be in the outpouring, and we saw in the initial outpouring that uh, folks spoke in tongues, 120 people spoke in tongues, and guess what happened? 3,000 people got saved. Well, we got over, we got about 120 people here. What? Let's just speak in tongues and all the people in the park will get saved and them all of Fredonia. But you notice it's not just a natural phenomenon that when the outpouring of the Spirit of God, simple things like that will cause a great harvest. Things we used to do in the flesh, things we used to do and have very little results will have amazing results when the rain comes. Blessed be God. 
And so, like Jesus, I'm, I'm here as a witness to this generation. I'm here as a witness. It's coming. The end time move is coming. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than the early house. That means whatever we saw in the book of Acts in this end day church, we will do greater signs, miracles, wonders than the book of Acts. It's got to be that way or God is a liar. It also says this in Acts 3, 19 and 20. It says, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing or times of revival or times of outpouring shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus which before was preached unto you. Again, do you notice refreshing, revival, outpouring, when that happens, what, what comes after that? The coming of the Lord. And so this is what we're looking for. We're looking for the coming Lord, but before the coming of the Lord, there must be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Not only does the Bible promise us, but the last hundred years, many prophecies. We won't take time. Uh, get the message from last night. We, we looked at Azusa Street. And that was an amazing revival. And uh, uh, William Seymour prophesied in 100 years after that revival that uh, it, there'll be a great revival that causes Zusa Street to pale in comparison to the end time move of God. Well, it's been almost 100 years now. And uh, I would encourage you to study that revival. I mean, the glory would come so strong and creative miracles, blind eyes would open and, and people that didn't have limbs, they grew out and the glory was so thick, kids would play hide and seek and from that little place in Los Angeles, it spread throughout the world and, and yet that the prophet of God, William Seymour said in a hundred years from now, it won't be just in this location, it'll be worldwide, <laughs> glory to God. And Smith Wigglesworth prophesied about the end time move of God before Jesus came. He said, people are going to be, so many people are going to say that you won't be able to count them. The dead would be raised and miracles and signs and wonders. And we, we touched on those things. And um, one of my favorites is because of, he is my spiritual father, Kenneth e. Hagen, on September the 2nd, 1950, when he was caught up uh, in the spirit and he had a visitation of the Lord. And uh, it said this, he prophesied. He actually was, received a scroll from an angel and he read and saw what was on that scroll. And uh, thank God we have the words recorded. And it reads this, the end of all things is at hand. And this statement was repeated four or five times. Jesus also said this was the last great revival. He went on to say all the gifts of spirit will be in operation in the church in the last days. And the church will do greater things than even the early church did. It will have greater power, signs and wonders, even that, even, uh, that was recorded in Acts of the Apostles. He said, we have seen and experienced many healings. It was during the healing revival. But now we'll behold amazing miracles that we have not seen before. Jesus continued, more and more miracles will be performed in the last days that are just ahead. 
It is time for the gift of working miracles to be more in prominence. We have now entered into the era of the miraculous. And he gave an exhortation about folks that would shy away from moving the spirit. Then it ends with this. I'm gathering my own together. I'm preparing them for the time is short, meaning the time of his coming. And so again, can we see it very clear? Jesus is coming. He's waiting for the precious fruits of the earth. Before he can come, there's got to be an outpouring. And this outpouring is going to be amazing signs, miracles, and wonders. You know, people cannot be won by an argument. You know, in the early church, you know, the Jews had an argument against the, the disciples of the Lord. But when, when the lame walked... The blind saw, the deaf heard, uh, their argument went out the window. And so, you know, thank God for apologetics and defending the faith, but glory to God, what's going to win the world is when we, like the church, the God that answers by fire. Remember Elijah was in a backslidden uh, Israel and they, they know the difference between Baal and God. And we have that in the church today. We have the world in the church and they say, well, that's God. And then you have the, the holiness people know that's God. And uh, he, here Elijah stands up. Why halt you between two decisions? You know, you know let's just serve the true God. And they, they answered nothing. But then he said this, the God then answers by fire. Let him be God. You know, they perked up. It says, okay, because we ain't no seen no fire in the worldly church. And we haven't really seen fire in the Pentecostal church either. And so, yeah, if God answers, if something supernatural, spectacular happens, then that is God. You know, the reason why there is so, so many atheists and agnostics, it's our fault. Because we haven't shown them the living God. And God is going to put on a show. And so, so don't you be concerned about your uncles and aunts. Oh, well, I don't believe in God and they're atheists. When this thing falls, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have a hard time sticking to their doctrine. Because the God, then it's by fire. And we know when the fire fell, glory to God, they all fell on their face. And so the Lord is God. And they, they forsook their doctrine of Baal and serve the Lord. And that's what's going to happen. It's coming, folks. It's coming. Now, why do you keep preaching on this and teaching on it? Well, I'll tell you why. Number one, I'm a witness. It's part of my call. And uh, unless you tell people about it, they don't know and they won't expect. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You know, if you want people to get saved, you preach the Word about salvation. And what happens? People get saved. You want people healed? What do you got to do? You got to teach the word about healing. You know, the baptism, Holy Ghost, prosperity. Well, if you want people to hunger and thirst for the miraculous, you got to preach on the miraculous. And also, I'm a little selfish in this area. Because I found this out. The Bible says, thou shalt not muzzle the oxen that treads out the corn. Now, in context, it's talking about that you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, be... Oh, what uh, stingy with, with the preacher. You know, you should be well paid. He's worthy of double honor. That way, as he's preaching and teaching, you shall not muzzle the ox. You should pay your preachers well. And we believe that in the family churches and thank God for that revelation. But also, if you understand the, the, the principle behind it, that an oxen, maybe if he was, um, you know, working in the grain fields, 
Wherever, wherever he was working, he was to eat freely of that grain, as much as he wanted. As long as he was working, he got to eat uh, of the harvest field. And I, I saw this by revelation. Whatever I preach, whatever I teach on, I get to eat. And so, uh, I don't know about you, I want to see these things. And uh, God's word tells me if, if I'm faithful to teach it and preach it and, and herald it, glory to God, I'm going to see it. Blessed be Lord. And so it's coming. It's coming. And, uh, you know, and I made mention of a prophecy the Lord gave me about the East Coast and about the things that are going to come to pass. And again, for those of you that weren't here last night, we used to say this, get the tape or at least get the recording. And so that was just all. All that was in verse one that we covered last night. So let's do this. Let's actually get into second verse tonight. And uh, the second verse is verse 28. And it came to pass after eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up to a mountain to pray. So what is very interesting, Jesus gives a prophecy and says, man, it's coming. It's coming and some of you are going to see it. You're going to walk it. You're going to partake of it. And after eight days, nothing happened. And so Jesus must be a false prophet. Well, we understand this, that prophecies many times take time to come to pass. And usually uh, they're off in the future. And Habakkuk says, though it tarry, wait for it. But after eight days, nothing happened. And something very interesting happens here. He takes Peter, James, and John. And he takes them up to a mountain to pray. Then something happened. What happened? The fulfillment of his prophecy. And this this is a hard concept for many to embrace. And it's this, um, that many times or very often prophecies need response or prophecies need prayer in order for them to come to pass. You know, I teach along these lines because it's important. Even when Jesus said to the disciples, you know, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power on high, you know, they said they waited up in the upper room. But if you look, what did they do when they waited? They were praying. They, they were continuing one accord supplication with the women. They, they were praying uh, concerning what Jesus said until the outpouring came. And here, Jesus gave a prophecy, and uh, he just didn't say, well, that'll come to pass. You don't need to do anything. Just sit back, watch Netflix, and get some popcorn, and uh, just wait for it to come. No, Jesus was proactive about what he saw. And so, not only did he go and pray, he took others to pray. And that's what we're endeavoring to do. The things that I've seen and that are coming, glory to God, not only are we going to be praying, we're going to get as many people with us to pray. And so nothing happened concerning the prophecy Jesus gave until it was acted on, until they prayed. Now, let me ask you a question. Why haven't we seen more of the move of God in our lives and in our churches? Could it be, can it be, that we really haven't prayed and contended for them as we should? Just, just, just putting out a thought, food for thought. And um, I, I want to read to you a prophecy that Kenneth E. Hagin 
gave. He gave this in October of 1998. And, um, and I, I'm just so grateful that I have a recording of this because it, it challenged me and it helped me to see spiritual laws and spiritual truths about the importance of doing something when the word of the Lord comes forth and when a prophecy uh, is given. And it reads this, and he said it by the Spirit of God. Of course, Brother Hagin stood in the foremost of the prophet's office. And it reads this, If it could be told thee, if it were possible for you to look in the future and see what was in store for you, your hearts would be glad. If you could look into the future and see what was coming, you have cause for great rejoicing. It would be difficult for many of you to even believe it. But it shall surely come. The power of God manifestation shall come. And there, when there have been a few saved here and a few saved there, many shall be saved here and many will save there. Again, we see this in all the prophecies talking about this. And when there's been a few filled with the Spirit here and a few filled over there, many shall be filled with the Spirit of God. And when there's been a few healings here and a few healings there, outstanding healings here. There'll be outstanding healings there. Many, many healings. A revival, a renewal is coming. A renewal of healing, a renewal of special faith, a renewing of the working of miracles. Can, can you notice all the prophets are agreeing on this? Remember uh, Dr. Uh, Dufresne, my spiritual dad? Now I have two spiritual fathers. Kenneth Hagin's my spiritual father. Dr. Dufresne is my spiritual daddy. Dr. Dufresne was the only man that could hold my hand that I wouldn't be disgusted by. He, you know, you try to hold my hand, I'll slap you. But he, he, would grab, he would grab my hand and pat my hand and make me sit next to him and, and so forth. And so he, he was very, very dear to me. So I call him my spiritual daddy. And, and he saw these things. He saw, of course, all the gifts. And, he, you know, I'm sure there's somewhere written his, his visions. You know, he was in a ship and he, he saw these bottles and he opened them up and there were the gifts of the Spirit. And then he, he also said that the ministry gifts would be in full potential power. You know, so all the gifts of the Spirit in full operation, all the ministry gifts in operation. And so, again, th these are different prophets. Uh, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and, and Dr. Ed Dufresne and Ken Fagan, by the Spirit of God, all saying the same thing about this end-time move of God. Uh, so a renewal of special faith, a renewal of the working of miracles. It's on the horizon even as Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Glory to God. He said first, I see a cloud the size of man's hand rising over the sea. I see a cloud rising on the horizon of time. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Glory to God. Yes, the rain is coming. The rain, the rain of the Spirit of God. The latter rain falling upon his saints, falling upon good ground. And when the Spirit manifests itself, uh, about those, you shall be blessed. Not only will you be blessed, your family shall be blessed. Also, your neighbors will be blessed. Everyone you come in contact will be blessed. For a blessing you will be. And so he's prophesying this. And the Spirit of God interrupted his own prophecy. You know the Spirit of God will do that? I, I remember I was in a prayer meeting. And, uh, you know, I, I like to pray with ministers. And, I was, and some of these 
ladies are here that uh, we're in a prayer meeting. We were just minding our own business and praying. And the Spirit of God says, stop. Have these two ladies record and write down what you're about to say. Now, I'm so glad the Spirit of God didn't leave me because I didn't know what I was about to say. And then I began to talk about what was needed to, to go up higher and so forth. And so here we were praying, doing a spiritual activity for the Lord, and he interrupted us. And so here, you know, Brother Hagin's in, in a vast convention, and he's prophesying about what's coming. And the Spirit of God interrupts his own prophecy, and, and he says this, Now sit and say, well, let's see if it come to pass. And when it comes, then I'll rejoice. And the Spirit of God says, and nothing will ever happen. Wow. Yeah. That's the Spirit of God. You might think, well, that's your, that's your slant on the Scripture. No, this is the Spirit of God saying this. But arise and walk in the light. Arise and leap into the realm of the Spirit, into the deep waters of the Spirit, not just waters to wade in, but waters to swim in. Now notice... The Spirit of God was given a prophecy about the rain and, and miracles and healings. And, and he said to the church, now if you just sit and just wait for and expect it to fall on you and, and you do nothing, nothing will happen. But here it says, but to arise. That means to get involved, to respond to what is being said. And to get into the Spirit. And so there's, there's a part that we must play and the fulfillment of prophecy. Then the Spirit of God, after interrupting himself, goes back to the prophecy. And the rain will fall, and the glory will come, and the healing shall be in greater manifestation, and the miracles will be in greater manifestation, and your heart will be glad, and you shall rejoice. Hallelujah. So again, prophecies very often need prayer for the fulfillment. I mean, is this even scriptural? Turn with me to the book of James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Again, as a sent one to this region, as a voice, as a witness in these last days, I'm just speaking what's coming. Jesus is coming. But we saw that Jesus is waiting. He's waiting for the harvest. And for the harvest to come, there must be an outpouring. And uh, do we have a part to play in this outpouring? Evidently we do. We know in Zechariah 10, 1, it says, Ask ye the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. And so, um, and the Bible also says this, that uh, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. The promise is coming. But is long, has long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish. So, Really, when it comes to a lot of these things, the, the Lord is waiting on us to respond, to, to be proactive concerning His coming, concerning the end time harvest. And so uh, we, we want to be the generation that gets this job done. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, here run, run my race and pass the baton and give it to the next generation and get up to heaven. And Jesus said, you know, you could have got done your generation, but you just, you sat back and you were lazy and you didn't do anything. You know, I, I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not, well, you're done. Come on in. Amen. So we want to run well. We want to get these things accomplished you know and uh, and plus I don't want to turn out to be a false prophet you know 
ever since I was little, I, I knew I'll see the coming of the Lord. And so, you know, if he doesn't come in my lifetime, I'm a false prophet. But to understand this, um, you know, it's just not up to me. Because if it's up to me, Jesus would have came already. But it, the whole church has to, to be in on this, to be involved and to, to pray for the rain and to uh, earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. But James chapter 5, do prophecies need prayer to come to pass? Do we need to be praying for the end time move of God? Do we need to be praying for the rain? Things that God has said to us through uh, voices, our pastor, the prophets, and, and other ministry gifts. Do we have a part to play or do we just sit back and, and wait for it to come to pass? Well, let's see what the New Testament says. James chapter 5, verse 17 Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, these verses are packed with prayer truths, amazing prayer truths. I like it starts off that Elijah or Elias or Elijah was a man. Now, I'm so grateful it didn't say Elijah was a prophet. He was a prophet, but didn't say the reason why he had great power with God is because he was a prophet. It said he was a man. And uh, so he was a, a regular person. And so uh, that means all of us can, can qualify for this. Not only was he just a man, a regular person, he had like passions as we do. And you know what like passions are? That means feelings. That means having ups and downs and turnarounds. That means the days that are good, days that are bad, days that are ugly. You know, and uh, you know, you know. Sometimes we're on top of our game. Sometimes we're at the bottom of our game. Sometimes we're in the gray area, but we're, we're still going forward. And not all the time are we one hundred percent in everything we do. But the the the, the results or the effectiveness of our prayer is not on our performance and not on our offices, not on our positions. It's just simply if we would pray. And so that's what he's trying, he's, he's trying to say, uh, Elijah is just like you. He, he says a man like you, didn't say a prophet. And if you study Elijah, I think... You know, here he is, he's calling fire down from heaven. Remember we talked about that? We all got excited. Yeah, the God that answers my fire, let him be God. And next day Jezebel says, you know, I'm going to take your head off. One woman gossip, said something about him, and he quit and went home with a, like a puppy been whipped with a tail between his leg. Went, on, went out in the wilderness and says, you know, let me die. Let me die. Well, he didn't want to die because if he wanted to die, he would just stay in Israel and Jezebel would took care of that for him. But you see, he, he had his great days, he was faith man, and then he was faith failure. And yet, here it's not denoting on his performance, he simply was a man who prayed. And because he prayed, things got done. And so this is what the, the Bible is telling us. If we would just pray, we can do great and mighty things. But notice this, and gives an example that uh, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And so we, we read that in First uh, Kings chapter 17. And what is very amazing, that's why you got to understand uh, the Bible is progressive revelation. 
that uh, more and more light comes uh, throughout the course of the Bible. When you read the account written in 1 Kings chapter 17, there's no mention of Elijah praying. We just see him standing before King Ahab and uh, say, Thus saith the Lord, there's going to be no root, uh, rain or dew until I say so. Then he runs and hides. And we do give an account what happens. He went to buy the brook Cherith and the ravens fed him. Then after the brook dried up, he went to Zarephath and, and the, the widow, woman, widow woman fed him until the time, about three and a half years, um, it was time for the rain to come. But there was no mention that he prayed. But you know what he was doing those three and a half years? According to this, he prayed. It was his prayer life that was holding up the heavens. Now, if we didn't have this verse in the book of James, we just assume he prophesied it, and because he prophesied it, it came to pass. But according to the revelation in the New Testament, the progressive revelation, that uh, he prayed earnestly, it might not rain, and rain not on the earth the space of three years to six months. For three and a half years, the reason it didn't rain for three and a half years is because he prayed it so. So not only did he prophesy it, he prayed it to come to pass. And in verse 18, it says this, And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and earth brought forth her fruit. Well, you can read that in 1 Kings chapter 18. That the Lord told uh, the prophet, Go show yourself to Ahab, and uh, tell him it's going to rain. And of course, it hasn't rained for three and a half years. And he, he told Ahab, you know, get up, it's going to rain, and there's not a cloud in the sky. And so he, he prophesied, I hear the sound of a bunch of rain. He prophesied something. He saw in the future over the horizon time. and says, the rain is coming. The rain is coming. And yet there's not a cloud in the sky. You know, it's been like that spiritually. You know, Dr. Dufresne talking about the end time move of God. He's, he's talking, the rain is coming. The rain, the miracles are coming. And you know what we're doing? We're looking in the sky. Not a cloud in the sky. You know, maybe a little, little rumblings here, a little sprinkle there, but nothing, nothing, nothing. And, uh, you know, he wasn't a false prophet, but we're going to see, I think we have a greater responsibility than we've been taken uh, concerning these things. And so here he prophesied to Ahab, you get ready, it, it, it's coming. And what did Elijah do? Did he sit back and say, hey, Gehazi, hey, you know, whoever, you know, come watch. It's going to rain. The Lord prophesied it. Let's just sit back and let's just watch some old uh, Lucy movies until it comes. Yeah, good, clean entertainment. And um, no, what did he do? We saw that he cast himself down in a fetal position and began to pray. And he said, go to his servants, go and check. He says, there's nothing. Go and check seven times. And notice what he did. He prayed. He prayed earnestly until the rain came. Can you see that? The Spirit of God says, you sit back and do nothing, nothing will happen. The Bible says, ask ye the Lord rain in the time of lettering. We have not because what? We ask not. Here we see uh, two major might. Uh, mighty miracles that were prophesied, but they only came to pass as they were prayed upon. And so, um, so we see this very, very well. Now, 
let's talk about the area of prayer. You know, um, if you know me, and I, I, you know, I'll start off talking about certain things, and I always end up on the topic of prayer. And more and more light has come to me. Why is that? Why am I always talking about people getting in the spirit and to pray and pray? And, and just within, oh, I bet probably last year, or uh, two years, that uh, I really become aware that not only am I a sent one for this region to do what we're doing, but I'm a sent one to the body of Christ to talk about the area of prayer. And uh, because Jesus told Brother Hagin, there is a move of the Spirit that will be lost to this generation unless you teach them. Now, we understand there's movements there's movements in the corporate church and they're lost, you know, and, and you know, some people don't like certain movements and certain moves in the church and they put the brakes on and so forth and uh, they'll be lost. But there, there, are, there are things in prayer that must be taught. And uh, part of my commission is to teach on the area of prayer. And uh, a couple of years ago, the Spirit of God dealt with me and uh, I always consider myself a prayerful person. I like to pray. I enjoy praying. I, sometimes I'll pray eight hours a day, and folks say, isn't that laborious? No, it's refreshing to me. See, when you have the spirit of prayer, I mean, you pray without ceasing. You pray without even knowing it. You know, how many here, unless you have a lung disease, how many here say, oh, excuse me, I got to breathe. Oh, man, I got to do it again, don't I? Most of us just breathe naturally. Do you, do, you, do you breathe without ceasing? Do you breathe always? All the time. Is it laborious? Unless you're diseased. You know, it, it, it's easy. You don't even notice. It's the same thing when the spirit of prayer will come on you. You'll just pray all during the day. You'll find yourself, I mean, you'll be driving. And if you actually ch check up on yourself, oh yeah, I'm praying, aren't I? You're in the shower, you're praying. You're getting up, you're praying. In the middle of the night, you get up, you pray. It just, it just flows out of you, the spirit of prayer. And so, you know, I've always considered myself a person of prayer. And uh, I, I pray a lot. And when my ministers get around me, I, I talk about, how's your prayer life? And usually the number one answer is, well, it could be better. <laughs> you know, and all of us could say that. And uh, a couple of years ago, the Lord says this, I want you to pray more. And I'm going, what? I pray more than anyone I know. And this is the problem with the American church. We have our own standards, and we think our standards are God's standards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can almost pause here. I, I remember a, a young man coming to me in tears and because something a, a relationship didn't work out and I thought back in my head if you ever were to talk to me before the relationship I would have told you that would never worked out but you know unless you you, you submitted I'm not going to say anything unless the Lord says and uh, he, he said this I don't understand I prayed about it and I, I said pause hold you prayed on it Tell me what that looks like. Well, I talked to God and I didn't get a check and I proceeded with it. 
And so his definition of prayer was, well, God, is this you or not? And you didn't feel anything. And, you know, he had a good, a good excitement in his soul and he thought it was God. Do you understand that when Moses went up at God's request to talk to God, that uh, he was up there for six days before God spoke to him? Six days. Brother Hagen, my spiritual father, whenever he needed to find something out, he would fast and pray for three days. And uh, he said, always on the third day, I would have my answer. See, we, we have said, well, I prayed. I, I said, oh, God, this is you. And we say, shundai, bowtie, hotai. Oh, it must be God. Let's go forward. Now, why am I on this rabbit trail? Because we want help, don't we? There's some things I can teach you about waiting on God. Number one, if you're ever excited about it, don't act on it until you pray in the Holy Ghost and get your soul out of the way. A lot of times when people say, I have peace about it or I have joy about it, it's in their soul, not in their spirit. That's why it doesn't work out. Because if it's God, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And uh, if I ever get excited about something, I just wait on God and pray in the Holy Ghost. If I have to, I fast and I, I pray and I pray until I separate my soul. That way I can hear from my spirit. Oh, it's getting quiet in this Presbyterian convention. See, we have our own definitions. You know, people, before I asked my wife out, I prayed four months at least an hour to a day. Well, that's excessive. Well, that's your standard. But I heard from heaven. You know, and I found this out. If, if I will pray and take the time to pray, I hear from heaven. And everything heaven says works out and works out wonderfully, supernaturally, and amazingly. Yeah, but we have our own standards. You know, when it comes to prayer, we have our own standards. Well, you know, I, I have my devotional life. I have this. I, I'm, what is God's standard? That's what we want. But I better get off of that. To pray. The Bible, what does the Bible say about prayer? It says to what? Pray without ceasing. Pray always. Now the problem is if you look at it and you know I've got to unpause. I'm still paused about something back there. But you you look at it simply as a works mode. It's going to be great bondage. Yeah. Yeah. Just like I tell my pastors, if you try to live like I live, it's going to be bondage to you because there's a grace on my life. You know, be shut up in my room 12 hours a day and praying, seeking, fasting, and and, uh, just shut up and have no human contact. You know, some people will die doing that. (laughs) To me, I thrive doing that because there's a grace on my life. But when it comes to pray without ceasing, I, I think the best way we can look at it, let's just take Pastor Scott, for example. Back when he was, what, 350 pounds? 300 pounds, 300 pounds, okay. 
I was evangelistically speaking. <laughs> All right. When he was back when he used to preach the fold gospel. See, now I tell him you're only half the man you used to be. <laughs> but uh, we'll have you testify and see him get read. When you decided to first get in shape, now you have to understand he, he ran a uh, marathon, a triathlon, all that stuff. He, d- he does that now. So here at 300 pounds, he says, you know what? I'm going to r- run a triathlon. You know what he did? He signed up the next week and he went and ran that whole thing and it was great and wonderful. Is that how it worked? You just, you just wanted to and it happened. No. You probably had to start small. You know, you know, like getting on the treadmill, let's see if I can go two minutes <laughs> without keeling over. You know, we, we, and we have some marathon runners in our church as well, and so, but uh, he takes the cake now. I mean, they warm up with four or five miles. Warm up. That's my goal and destination right there. Yeah. But when, when you're out of shape, Sometimes you have to make yourself do it. And, uh, and it, when you start, it is very hard and laborious. Getting on the treadmill, oh, 10 minutes. Oh, and after three, oh, you might have to break and says, is it 10 minutes yet? It's been a minute and a half and yeah, that type of thing. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you do it, you, you, build, you build conditioning into your, your being, then it, it comes quite easy. And uh, I still understand why he wants to run 26 miles. But, you know, for you, would two or three miles, easy peasy. Would think nothing about it, why he's conditioned. To, to him, you like to run. Is it fun for you? Is it energizing? Is it fulfilling for you? Let's stone him, crucify him, make him a public example. But what he has done physically, we all can do spiritually. See, if you're to say, well, yeah, prayer is a bondage. And, you know, I, I got folks that when I say, you know, when Jesus told Peter, couldn't you pray an hour? Couldn't you just tarry one hour? And folks say, well, that's bondage, that's works. Well, when you're out of shape, it is. When you're out of shape, it is. But when you're in shape, one hour's like, well, I'm just getting warmed up. And so the standard, praying without ceasing, is that we have to come up higher in the area of prayer. And back to uh, a couple years ago, the Lord dealt with me, I want you to pray more. And not only that, I want you to get my church to pray more. And he said this, The church's part at this time in the end times is to pray more than they're doing right now. So what is he doing? Here we have our standard where we operate and he wants us to get closer to his standard. Again, his standard, pray without ceasing. Praying always. What this will do is get us in spiritual conditioning for the end time move of God, not to mention to pray out the plans and purposes of God and the mysteries of God. Now, we, we, we saw Elijah. 
that uh, he was an example of prayer. But just the verse before that, uh, in verse 16, James 5, 16, I'm going to read this in the Amplified Bible. Oh, my. We're only on verse 2. <laughs> Jesus, help me. All right. We know this. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. What makes power available? Prayer does. What is being prophesied in these last days? Great power. Who makes that great power? Oh, we're just waiting for God to have a sovereign move. No, he's waiting for us to bring the supply to that power. If we're not happy with the level of power we're, we're working with and we're operating in, in, in our churches, could it be that we have not brought our supply of power in prayer? Now, my time is gone, and we're going to have to believe for the working of miracles because i got to finish. i got to finish this, and our time is already slipped away. But how many know we, we had to obey God and talk about things? But let me at least read this quote. Because sometimes it's hard to get on that treadmill, especially when you're out of shape. It's easier to eat pizza and ho-hos. And if you're Randy Greer, wham-whams, which I don't know what wham-whams are. <laughs> I know what Twinkies and ho-hos are. You know, and, and to just sit back and the thought, getting on that treadmill, oh, it, it's going to be so, so hard. And, and it will be hard when, when you're accustomed to, to a, a, a sedated lifestyle like that. But you know, if you pay the price, the rich dividends. Look at Reverend Scott now, you know. Um, you know, that uh, here you lost at one time 100 pounds and now is in the greatest shape of his life right now. But he had to pay the price. But it's paid off, and now you're enjoying the benefits of it. And he could probably tell you, you know, I noticed this, I noticed this, my health, I noticed this and this, and all these benefits. And so you've got to understand, it may be hard to start praying more, but there are benefits. Not only did we bring power, but let me leave you with this. A quote from my spiritual father, Kenneth e. Hagen. The greatest things that ever happened to me the greatest miracles, the greatest healing miracles. That's what we're contending for, an end-time move of God, right? The greatest financial miracles came after a prolonged time of praying in other tongues. The ministry today, what we're in and what we're doing, what we've been doing the last number of years, came as a direct result of praying in other tongues. Now, here... Kenneth Hagin says, the greatest things that ever happened to me in my life and ministry came, and he said, this one key, praying in other tongues. He says, the more I prayed in tongues, the greater miracles I had, the greater healings I have. Now, can we see the end time move of God, all the gifts of the Spirit, healings and miracles? It's in the rain. How does the rain come? We ask the Lord rain. What, what happens when we pray? We make power available. In this quote, Brother Hagen learned, the more power I made available, the more power was manifested in my life and ministry. Now maybe you're not so thrilled. Hey, 
I can do without the healings. I can do without the miracles. But he also said the greatest financial miracles. I know this, you can't do without the finances. We need finances to live. How many would like to have more finances? Breakthroughs and, and opportunities and things happen financially. And here Brother Hagin says, the more I prayed in tongues, the more, not just financial things, financial miracles happened. And so you may be saying, oh my God, to pray more? You know, I, I have my little devotional life. I'm happy with it. To actually pray, let's just say an hour. Oh, that's bondage. But man, you look at this, the benefits. You know, when I pray, more power. I'm obeying God. I, I'm, I'm bringing supply to this end time move of God. And I'll be rewarded in heaven. But not only that, powers are made available to me, my family. Not only to that, my finance. Everything about me will be blessed. Glory to God. The more you pray the more power you make available to your life. And so, um, I guess we're going to have to stop at verse 2. And so, tomorrow night, we're going to get hopefully to verse 3 and try to find a good landing mark. Amen. Were you helped? Were you encouraged? Yes. 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 Uh, Melito, yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Vreto doreku nabietoi. Sundore shiku la. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. I see that, Lord. Lopiatre stundore kias. Dropin di stundu istundori. Yeah. Now, Lord, I, I don't know. I'm so very aware of that by revelation, but I'm not sure I'm going to prophesy that or you're just confirming that the things that we shared tonight, that's a lot of the people's answers. Ah, yeah, I see it. I see that. Pastors, if you're not happy of the state of your church, the growth of your church, the um, utterances in your church and the people that are coming to church, don't blame the people. Don't, 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 don't point fingers or make excuses. This is your answer. To pray. That's something you can do. Not only pray, teach your people to pray. And the more people get praying, the more power is made available. And uh, how about this? The more attendance miracles you'll have. Yeah. The more instantaneous miracles you'll have. See, we, we have, and we've had it all along. We have this ability to determine how much power is in our services, how much power is in our church. How much power is in our lives? Yeah, I see. I see. Being disgruntled. Oh, are things ever going to change? They will change. Once you change. Yeah, once. You got to understand. We have this natural sound. Now, I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, but I'm speaking by revelation of what I see. 
And you've heard me say this, if we always do what we always done, we always get what we always got, and the definition of insanity is expecting different results by doing the same thing. There is so much available to you. I see that. Family members. Oh, oh, oh. Concerns and worries. You can make power available. I mean, you, you can pray in such a way that God will show up in their lives. I'm speaking by the Spirit of God, by revelation. And again, I'm seeing needs. Norval Hayes, he has a book, How to, to Stand in the Gap for Your Children. Here he's, he, he was a faith teacher and his daughter was off on drugs and her, her friends were dying on drugs and for three years she, she lived in darkness. And, uh, you know, he would complain and lecture uh, his daughter. And the Spirit of God stopped and says, you've got to stop doing that. Stop lecturing. You surround faith and love. And, and told him how to pray. And to, to pray for his daughter. And so he, he, would, he would walk the floors for many times hours. And says, Satan, you cannot have my daughter. I claim her for God. And, I, you know, and just prayed and prayed and prayed. And you know what happened? One night she came home. I think under the influence of drugs. She went to bed, you know, early, you know, early in the morning. And uh, he was awakened by hearing her scream. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and of course, it sprung out of bed. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? An angel appeared to her. An angel looked at her with a disgusting face. Like, I'm disgusted with your life. And when he looked at her... It drove out all the addictive devils that were in her life, and she was set free. Yeah. See, she didn't change until he changed. Yeah. I see that, Lord. You are not a victim to anything, you have the tools. You have God on the inside of you. And through the avenue of praying in tongues, you can make power available to any situation and circumstance you face in your life. And it can be changed. Don't ever, don't ever give in to the whims of Satan uh, that you're a victim. This happened or that happens. Because of them, I can't do this. Those are all lies. God before you who can be against you. But uh, anyway... Again, what am I doing? I'm just speaking what I'm seeing in the Spirit. Trying to, you know, we're here to get help. We're here to get answers. How many know this, this will be a, a reset? You know, in business. Praying in tongues will help your business. And if you like where your business is going, pray more in tongues. Now, I'm not a businessman. And, uh, but I remember when we wanted to buy the house that we're in. And you got to understand, uh, when, when we were ready for our next house, of course, we're following the Spirit. We, we knew it was time to do that. The Lord showed me the house. And, of course, 
by praying, waiting on God. How long do you do it? Until God shows you. God tells you something. I wait until he, he says something. And um, so I knew that was our house. And I said, this is great. Great God, I have no money. You know, I saved a little bit. And what, the little bit that I saved could not pay even the lawyer's fees. You know, there's thousands of dollars and so forth. And see, most people would just simply be a victim. Well, I have no money. I can't do it. Well, that's if you operate in the natural. God has ways and means beyond yours. If you get the mind, the spirit, God has ways and means above yours. And again, I'm speaking to help by the spirit of God. And so here God told me with the house, I said, oh, great. How am I going to pay for it? I can't just say God told me it's the house. Give it to me. That wouldn't go over very well. So what I do, I waited on God. What do you mean wait? Hours, just praying, you know. And of course, I had business, you know, whenever, you know. If you have time to watch TV, you have time to pray. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it depends what's more important to you. And so, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And all of a sudden, something hit me. And I had a divine idea of how to have a down payment for the house pay the, um, all the attorney's fees and someone else pay for it. That, you know, he gave me a divine idea. And later on, I saw in the vision that an angel actually came down and smet, hit me on the head like Peter did and jumped and gave me a divine idea. And the first thing I says, God, is that legal? I thought, well, God's into money laundering or, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even know because I'm not a businessman. Can, can you do that? So I, I went to an attorney and paid an attorney fee. I says, can, can I do this and this and this? He says, oh, absolutely. It's called this and that. And it's, oh, yes, yeah, perfectly legal. Yeah. Okay, let's do that. And so God gave me an, a, a plan that, that I had more than enough for the down payment because, you know, you need 20, over 20%. And someone else paid the bill. Amen. Yeah. Amen. See, just naturally, I would be limited. With God, he has divine ideas. I'm speaking it, so don't, don't be limited. If you will pray and get the mind of God, God has ways and means beyond yours. The Bible is filled with miracles. Peter naturally didn't catch any fish. He got a word from heaven. And when heaven spoke, and he did what heaven said, he had so many fishes, his net break, his, his, you know, his boat began to sink. Those, those aren't, God is not dangling a carrot in front of you just to get you motivated, but you never eat of it. Those are written in the Bible to show you that can be in your life. Yeah. God, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church. Full of glory, full of wonder, full of power, full of might. Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, I preach myself happy. You might just have to take up a second offering for that one. Amen. But uh, let's just see what Father says. What, what are we to do next, Master? Lord, I endeavored to give them the word that you gave me. Of course, I had a lot more notes than I was able to share. Let's, let's pray. How about, how about, does it come down to that? 
I say that to my wife, you know, about things that are happening. Yeah, I see that. I see that. You know, you know when, when our kids growing up, and uh, whenever there was a, um, it didn't seem like something was working for our kids. You know what we did? We just prayed until heaven told us what the issue was. And when we did what heaven said, our kids changed overnight. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because of my family, you know, I protect, you know, I can't say who it was or what it was and stuff like that. But you have heaven ever ready to assist you. Well, I wish you would help me. I wish you'd talk to me. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. How do you hear? Got to take time. Plans, purposes, and pursuits. Jesus was telling the church, my pastors and my people don't take time to hear from me. Again, we have our standard what time is. Well, I gave them half an hour. That ought to be enough. No, time is just, Lord, I'm going to stick with it. You know, after work, I'm just going to reserve the evenings until you speak to me. God is rewarded of them that diligently seek him. All right. Let's see if we can stop preaching. Well, I'm ministering. You know, how many know that what I'm doing is the same thing as laying hands on people? Anything else, Jesus? Anything else? Thank you, my master. I know by revelation some things I'm to do in the meeting, but there's one of them I'm going to wait till the last night to, to do that. Um, is, is there anybody here you just cannot be here tomorrow night? And you really, you really want to get in the prayer flow. There, there's things that can be taught, but they're caught. Um, there's things that come also by impartation. And that's part of my calling, you know, ministry laying hands. That uh, I know this every time Kenneth Hagen laid hands on me. Every time Dr. Dufresne laid hands on me, spiritually I came up higher. And one of the first places that came up higher was in my prayer life. And uh, if you just cannot and you'd like to be ministered to, uh, and just an impartation come up higher in your prayer life, come on forward. Then we'll do one thing after that. And just whatever the ushers say. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. How many sense the Master's presence? And if you'd help me, I know most of my people know. I, you know, it's scripture lay, you know, hands on the head, but I like your hands out. Because, you know, power shoots through your hands. And there's, there's receivers. Your, your, your head is a receiver. Your hands are a receiver. And your belly area is a receiver. The reason, like, I like the hands. Because I don't want to lay hands on women's bellies. 
And number uh, one, I, I've seen too many people laying hands on the head and they push people down. And, uh, you know, to me, it's, you don't need to push people down either. You have it or you don't and so forth. That's why I like the hands. And many times I'll hold people up until that power goes into them. And that way no one can say I pushed anybody down. And so if you can just have your hands out like this. And when I minister to you, don't pray, receive. And uh, honey, I'm going to have you help me with this. Because my, my wife is very skilled in the area of prayer. And, uh, ah, yes. Ah, oh, oh, he's the now. Ah, oh, Now you may wonder why do we groan like that when we minister and again it's it's another application of the spirit of God these things are lost and uh, the Bible says this whom I travail in birth again until Christ be conformed to you. you know when a woman has a baby she says oh this is wonderful this is great no there's a lot of ah ooh, and there, there's a spirit application in, in our spirit there, there's things that must be birthed and imparted and that's just how it released and if you're given to deeper prayer you know utterances like that come out and so that's why when we lay hands there's certain things that need to be imparted or adjusted and it's expressed and released through that huh. okay Omnisense, the presence of heaven. Hallelujah. All right. Um, if you're in here, you're a pastor or a full-time minister, or if you're on staff as a pastor, even though if, if you work, you're, you're in the ministry as an, a pastor or as a minister. And if you'd like to be receive an impartation, in, in prayer, I knew I would do this. I just didn't know when I would do this. So come on forward. And if you're not sure, just ask your pastor. Ah. Mm. Ah. Yes. Yes, I see. Yeah. Can you put your hands out? Ah, oh my. Yeah, yeah, I see that. I see that concerning your future. Ah, yeah. I won't necessarily say it out loud, but 
you're going to be in a place where people are going to look to you as a pattern, as an example. You're going to be speaking people's lives into pastors' lives concerning, I want to say the success and, and, and the things that you're able to do at such an early age. Um, you're going to get people's attention and people are, are going to sit at your feet and say, how did you do it? And you're going to impart to them. Oh, yes. And in that place in the spirit, I've joined you two together. I've given him a wise mind. I've given him grace, a pastor's heart, and you, my sister. I've given you a heart, and I've given you a place in the Spirit to supply, to supply your husband, supply the man of God, to supply for the church, a place in the Spirit not to be taken lightly. And Satan has come and tried to take you from that place. But you stood and stood strong in the grace. And there's even greater place in spirit than I'll show you. For it's of necessity for you to enter in. Now not to get flighty or fruity or, or, or weird. That's just me, not the spirit of God. But in that place to bring great grace in these last days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's change. Change is coming. And you know that already. Yes, yes, yes. And it'll come to pass and you'll know exactly when to take those steps. And, and it'll be, it, it will be just like clockwork. Yeah, it, it'll be just like, wow, that was easy. That was not hard. Ah, ah, ah. Oh my, oh my. What is that I do see? I see you coming up higher, more and more. Ah, could it be? Can it be the places that I will take thee? <laughs> yes, my daughter. It will be of me, and you'll know, and you'll be bold, and I'll even do things through you that you didn't think would be so. Yes. Yes. Faithful and true are the both of you. Faithful and true. And yet there's much more I have for you to do. So contend ye for even greater contend ye even for more and there's some things in the inner workings of your heart desires and heart those things are placed of me saith the Lord and do not think in your mind oh they cannot be in the place that I'm in I cannot be they're of me and so contend for that pray for that and you'll see they shall surely be oh my yeah yeah what is that what is that? Oh my. Yeah. And there's change coming to you, my son. Some things that are in your heart that are not too far away or apart. Yeah, just continue on the path you're taking. And every day, look to me and do not forsake the path. And, and you'll know the timing. You'll know the, the plan. And you're, you're, you're right on course. You're right on time. You're right on pace your race yeah ah faithful and true blessings upon you the faithful shall abound in blessing yeah there there's a time of testing there's a time of proving there's a time when it doesn't seem like things are working out but the weeping comes in the night 
Joy comes in morning, and your joy time is coming. It's not too far off. Just continue to be faithful and true. When challenges come up, you know what to do. Just stay true, stay true to the path, and you'll see, oh, oh my, could it be, can it be the place that God has for you? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yes. Oh my. Oh my, how do I say? How do I declare? Yeah. Oh, oh, you. But I know, know this. The Lord has put you there. And there, there's some inning workings of your heart. There, there's some things of your mind that, that God will give you light. But, but your path, your ministry is just in the beginning stages. You've had a level of success right now. But there's, there's so much more that he has for you and just continue to be faithful continue true and cry out for those things cry out for more cry out for more of me and if you'll cry out I'll give you more and you'll see your greatest days are just ahead hallelujah oh oh my ah oh my 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 oh Oh, Father, Father, such precious hearts, so kind, so caring, so true, parents to many. And Father, Lord, I pray a special blessing. And yeah, I see those things that are ahead. And, and Father, it, they're going to be great. And the paths they're going to walk in are going to be so great and fine. But Father, I pray because of their faithfulness, because of the integrity of the heart, I pray a blessing that cannot be denied. The blessing, Lord, maketh rich, adds no sorrow. But greater joy in these last days. Greater peace, greater contentment, greater anointing. Father, I bless them as they've been a blessing to so many. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Again, you understand if whatever I said... You know, um, if it doesn't bear witness, chuck it out. Um, if you think I'm the Antichrist, just write me a nice letter. <laughs> and just say, you missed it. I say, okay, I missed it. But if it bared witness, you know, you know, uh, then run with it. Hallelujah. Ah, my, my, my. See, there's, there's a pastor part wants to get you guys home. And there's the prophet part that says, let's be here all night and build three tabernacles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's just, just, just wait a moment. Lord, I just want to know uh, your presence is so sweet and so strong. You've helped all of us. You encouraged all of us. You strengthened all of us. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Let's just worship the Lord for a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Master. You're so good. You're so great. You're so holy. You're so merciful. You're so kind. Hallowed be thy name. 
Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. You're so worthy. Oh, Father, 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 Father. Oh, you're so good. Your goodness and your mercy, your blessings and your benefits. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Pastor Katie. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. You're so good. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for giving us clarity and direction. Father, you've given us a hope and a future and an expected end. And Father, great things are on the horizon. Great things will be done through these precious, wonderful people. Hallelujah. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my master. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. You're so good. You're so God. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, team. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And He is Lord. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. Well, we trust you were helped and blessed. And, uh, you know, the Lord, you know, gave me an assignment to get my people to pray more. And again, Coming up higher, there's a grace for that. You know, just like running on treadmill may be hard to start with, but bless God, once you start doing it and getting a routine of it, you'll feel better and greater. And same thing spiritually, the things that happen for you. You not only will wash in the, the, the end time move, but your life will be immensely blessed. We'll certainly love you. Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow night. We're going to try to get more of our text and and uh, hear from heaven. So God bless you. You're dismissed.